0: Amen. Now give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm just an old country boy. Raised in the country. And I love Jesus. And good morning to everyone. Amen. Appreciate you being here. I appreciate your pastors. Sister Leslie and I have the same birthday. Amen. So she's older than you think she is. Amen. (laughs) And I'll be 76 soon. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't want any of you to be jealous, but I can still wear something that my uncle gave me in 1963. Anybody else in here say that? <laughs> he gave me some dog tags. Amen. <laughs> and I can still wear them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do we have anybody in here that played football? One guy couple, okay, okay, there's several of you in here. I want to talk today about being the church one yard line from hell. Now, what brought this about is years ago, even before Ben and Leslie came to First Assembly of God, a young evangelist, Lynn Wheeler, came and he preached this sermon. Now, I'm not using his scriptures or anything, but I'm using his title. And last week, Pastor Jason put it in my spirit, I started searching scriptures and people started confirming from the church I'm at now the scriptures I was going to minister. And I thought, you know, that's how God works. God is good. God is so good to us, we can't even believe it. I I want to tell you a few things that I'm going through through, not stopping, but going through. And I don't say this anything but to give God the glory. Amen. I have had... 24 radiation treatments. I have 20 more. I've not been sick. I've not had any ill effects. I, I, a couple of months ago, they told me I had an aneurysm on the ascending part of my heart. Well, everybody said, you're going to have to have open-heart surgery. That's the only way, you know, that it can be taken care of. So, I made, I made uh, the VA made me appointment with the surgeon. I went to see the surgeon two weeks ago. He said, you're good. He said, come back in three years. He said, if it's, not, if it's not growing, come back in two more years. And if it's not growing, we'll hit you over the head with your cane. Amen? So God is good. And if you got your Bible, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 22, verse... Thirty. Now you have warriors in here, and and you know this first time that Sister Collier's not been here and brought me a pie, and I'm little, I'm a little hurt. You know what I mean? Anybody ever get hurt? You know when you, every time I come, she always brings me a pie. Amen. And I love them, and I don't like to share them either. (laughs) Ernie can drive me, but I ain't sharing my pie. Amen. So this morning. We are in a time that God has placed us here for. Nothing catches God by surprise. This pandemic, whatever it is, it didn't catch God by surprise. And you know what? Even though that we're in the midst of it, we are overcomers. Amen? Amen. You're going to overcome. And I have been vaccinated. I I didn't. (laughs) Amen. I didn't wear them. Mask, but because of the things I had going on, they thought it was best. Uh, I don't know if it's best or not, but I had them, so I'm good. Amen. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. You know churches have gotten away from the word Amen. we've become involved in politics and everything else and that's fine to a point but i tell you what i believe that the word of god needs to be preached again in our churches Amen. i listen you know i got i get up early every morning every sunday i'll usually listen to uh maybe three hours of preaching and teaching before i go to church and uh This morning I was listening, and I had never paid too much attention to this before, but there was, the the, I guess he was the dean at Newberry, Newberry College, and I don't even know what kind of college it is. But he caught my ear as he began to talk about miracles and praising the Lord. You know what? We forgot to praise the Lord. He's been good to you. You're alive. You're well. And you have a job to do, and that's to stand in the gap. Now, when you're on the one-yard line, and you're on defense, the other team is trying to score. They're trying to make it to the goal line. We've got people that are doing their best to try to get into hell. I hate to say that, but they are. And you know what? We have been called to play that defense. We've been called to be that witness. We've called to be standing in the gap and making up the hedge. It's time we dig in. And it's time we let the world know, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He saved me. He bought me with a price. He paid for it with His blood. And you and I have been called for a purpose. Amen. We're living in a great hour. We are living in the greatest hour on planet earth. The world's going crazy. They don't know which bathroom to use. They don't know what color they are. People say, I'm I'm ashamed to be white. I'm not. If I'd been born black, I wouldn't be ashamed to be black. If I was born Chinese, I wouldn't be ashamed. See, the world's upside down. But the church has got to make it right side up. We are going to have a great revival before the end times. The Bible tells us that. You and I are part of that last day revival, I believe that. This church is growing. Soon you'll be on the highway. Soon (laughs) you'll have all the ministries that God wants you to have. You're doing them now, but just think on a greater scale. What could you do with four or five hundred people? If what you're accomplishing now with how many ever you've got, think about if it doubles what you can do for God. Think of how many more people you can reach. Think how many much more food you can give out. You see, I'm not I'm not one of these that believes just sitting around. I'm I'll soon be 76 years old in a few months, and uh, and I'm not slowing down. I still work at church. I'm the care pastor. Amen. As soon as they let me, I'll be back in the hospitals. I'm still going to funeral homes, visiting where I can. Why? Because the Bible says work whilst day. Night's coming. And no man's going to be able to work. Amen. Now, I I was come up preaching without notes, so I don't use a lot of notes. Amen. But I wonder anyone remember that old song keep on the firing line you remember it do you ever sing it anymore you know we don't we don't sing old songs too much when I was pastor and my daughter-in-law was the, the worship leader and and uh, I would go to it and I say you know I'd say we we need to every once in a while put some of the old songs in there I mean there's nothing wrong with the new song I love that. Sing a little louder has become my favorite song. I'm going to praise him in the midst of the storm. Yeah, you know we uh people let everything keep them from church. Yeah. We now where I go to church, hardly anyone wears a mask and that that's they're right amen and i I would wear one if I could get this open it would be better. <laughs> amen, huh? Okay, thank you. So, I would wear a mask. Why? Well, I wasn't vaccinated. I have all the triggers that supposed to cause you to get the COVID. I went to church. Uh, you, you know, we had a lot of people that didn't come to church because hardly nobody wore a mask. You know, I'm like this. We can social distance. And I like the way you got the church set up. You'll have to excuse me. I, it's been a while since I preached. I forgot how to do it. But I'll be all right. So, you know, we have to stand in that gap. Here's hell. Here's the church that's going to stand strong. Here's the church that's going to preach the word. Here's the church that's going to declare Jesus Christ as Lord over Vanceburg, Kentucky, and over Lewis County. Here's the church that's going to say, We don't care. You can hate us, but we're going to love you. You can despise us, but we're going to love you. You can cut us in pieces, but we're going to love you. You can talk about us, but we're still going to love you. You can hate us, but we're going to love you. Because we're the church. That is, doing our best to keep anyone from going into eternity lost. You know, people don't like to talk about hell anymore. Hell is a real place. Heaven is a real place. There's only two places you're going to spend eternity. It's heaven or hell. So here you have the bridge. You notice my belt buckle, what it what's my belt buckle say? Lord, you ask the most blind person in the whole church. No, you <laughs> bridge. It says the bridge. The bridge. <laughs> now, this is our ideal before Pastor Ben's, amen? And we come up with this because we're planning on a new sanctuary. Between the old and the new sanctuary, we wanted to build a like a fellowship place where you could come, drink your coffee, eat your donuts, cause... We serve coffee and donuts every week if you get there by a certain time. My wife, I was upset at my wife last week. I don't get upset at her too much because she'll whoop me. But I only got about that much coffee because, see, they quit serving at 10, 15. And I like to get to church. Now, I'll be honest with you, I like my coffee. I think the young lady, Dusty, I think it was Dusty's wife, brought me a cup of coffee from McDonald's. Oh, I love that. I love McDonald's coffee better than any other place. I wouldn't give you 50 cents a cup for Starbucks. I pulled years ago, we was down someplace in a convention and we was coming home. And I said, there's a Starbucks. I'd never had a Starbucks. So I pulled in, Pastor Ben. My wife said, where are you going? I thought she was going to get some coffee. I said a dollar and 50 cents for a cup of coffee when I can get it at McDonald's for 50 cents. And later on somebody bought me some and I thought, my goodness, I can't even drink this. The last cup of Starbucks I bought at the VA, it was terrible. Now you might be a Starbucks person, I'm not. I'm a McDonald's type guy. But now we're still talking about standing in the gap. How many of you know that? You've been called. Every person in this building has been called. You are a witness for the Lord. Amen. Now, Romans 2, 4 tell us that the goodness of God leads to repentance. We need to share how good God's been to us. I don't know about you, and this is, I I go in my house sometime, and I have a a nice house. I I couldn't have dreamed in my life having a house like that. I lived in a shack at the head of the holler with nothing. I mean, we didn't have electric. We didn't have water in the house. We had to go to the spring. We, we had outdoor toilets. We had all that stuff. We were happy. We were poor, but we were happy. You know, you, you learn to do things on the farm. But I tell you, I go through my house sometimes. And I just thank the Lord. I used to thank the Lord for my dog that didn't like Leslie at all. Amen. And you know, if a dog don't like a person, that, that, uh, you know what I'm saying? How many of you know if a dog don't like you, you got problems? Ramp, ramp it up. <laughs> and my dog didn't like Leslie. And I can understand that to a point. Amen. <laughs> I mean, the deerslayer. uh <laughs> What somebody needs to do, they need to kill a deer and take it and set it up early where she where she hunts at, prop it up, and let her kill it. Amen? And that way she'll have a deer. We're still talking about standing in the gap, and that's talking about helping your pastors. Amen? I got big shoulders, I can we love her anyway. How, how's your hot rod going? Y'all's racing. How's that going? I'm about to burn it down. About to burn it down. If we'll stand in the gap, and, and, and I tell you, this church is growing. How many of you wasn't here last time I preached? Much of you. Okay, I hope you let me come back. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Leslie won't, but her dad will let me. Amen. Yes, amen. See what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuine Christianity. Not this fake stuff. Yeah, Hallelujah, glory, God, amen. Praise Jesus. But are you standing the gap? Do you love people? You know, there's people that's treated me bad in the ministry. You know, people talk about stress, be a pastor. You're only as good as your last sermon. (laughs) Every time you preach the Word, somebody's going to get upset at you. And you know what I tell them? If I preach the Word and somebody don't get upset at me, I'm hurt. Because I haven't preached what Jesus wants me to preach. Amen. So, the goodness of God. How many of you really God's been good to? Is there anybody in here been healed? Anybody in here been delivered from something? Anybody in here just, I mean, you just share it. You know, I had the privilege of, um, two weeks ago, I see the cancer doctor every Thursday after my treatment. There was a man laying in the bed. They had to, they were backed up, so they put me in that room. This man was laying over there, and he might have been from this county. He was from down in here somewhere. And I asked him what was wrong with him. He had cancer in the brain and every place else. And I said, do you care if I pray with you? And he said, no. You know what? A lot of times, there's people hurting that we can pray for them. No matter where If you If people, they, they see me in Kroger's, they want prayer, I'll pray for them right then. You know why I do? Because time I get home, I'm going to forget them. I know you're not like that. When I get a prayer on Facebook, uh, somebody asking prayer, and I get probably 40 a day. So when I turn on my Facebook page and I see they're asking for prayer, I call their name right now, right then and there, and ask the Lord to touch them. Now, later on, I'll pray over all of them, but I know I'm not going to remember their name. Now, one time I could have went through this crowd, met you once or twice, and I could remember your name. But now, what's your name? (laughs) Anybody else like that? When I was young, you know, I could remember everybody's name. But now, I can't. But you know what? That comes with the territory. Amen. Amen. Now, I still believe in testimonies. Because the Bible said, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved their lives not in death. That's Revelation 12 and uh, 11. I, I think we need testimonies to tell what God... There, there's people in this room, you've got testimonies. And you need to share them. Now, don't be like this. In my early life, after I got out of the military, my pastor was Harm Adkins. Him and and I's son were good friends. We met in the seventh grade at West Junior. He died last year. My brother-in-law did. We become brother-in-laws. We married sisters. So we were good. You know, we used to call each other about every week and and share. I, I could I, when I was pastor and I could call him, I could tell him, you know, they treated me bad today. You better treat your pastor bad. No, I know none of y'all do. But I said, and we would talk, and he was a pastor, and he would tell me we could share because he lived in South Carolina and I lived in Kentucky. And, you know, some, a pastor needs somebody to let steam off to sometime because it becomes so Stressful standing in the gap, praying for you all, visiting you all, making sure that everything that you need, you have. And it's been especially good this last year with people going hungry. How many of you slept in a good bed last night? Your house was warm. You had food. You're blessed. You might have said, we don't have much. You're blessed. My... My stepbrother used to tell me, he said, Son, if you wake up and you have something to eat and you can eat it, you're blessed. Amen. Amen. Because a lot of people, you know, I know friends of mine that had to eat baby food because of their ulcers. I thank God. You know, I eat anything that I like. I shouldn't, but I do. Somebody said one time, if you eat pork chops, you're going to take a couple years off your life. I'll chance it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That, you know, the, the, it's not over till God says it's over. Yeah. You're not going to die till God gets through with you. You're not going to die one second second, two. Early, before because you've got a work to do for God. Right. When your work's over, God will take you home. Right. And why do we cry when somebody dies that's a good Christian? They're where they wanted to be. They're in the presence of God. They're sheltered, safe in His arms. But we're here. We've been left here for a purpose. And that purpose is to try our best to keep anyone from going into eternity lost and undone without the Lord. You don't have to raise your hands, but I know many of you in here have family members that's lost, right? They're lost. You can't penetrate them. You can witness to other people, and they'll accept it. But your own people, they won't accept you. You know that? Because it's harder for us to share the love of Jesus with our loved ones than it is with a stranger. I've got a sister that's... uh, 20 years younger than me. My dad died in 1955. My mother got remarried. She started having some stomach problems, so she went to the doctor. The doctor said, Miss Wells, or not Miss Wells, she is Miss Watts then. Miss Watts, you've got a tumor. That tumor turned out to be my sister. I was overseas, and I had a sister that was born. I didn't see her till she was one year old, and I didn't get to see her very long because I had to get back overseas. But when I come home again, she didn't really like me. She loved my brother because he was there as she was growing up, and I wasn't. But you know what? I love her. I haven't seen her for a couple years. We love each other. She lives in South Point, and I live in Raceland. But we correspond, and we tell each other we love her. You know why? Because we she had to get over. It wasn't my problem. It was hers. See, sometimes I have a problem with people, and if I do, I, I admit it. There's people I've had problems with. Amen. There's people that you've had problems with. But you know what? we got to forgive them we got to live our life for Jesus. Because if there's hatred in our heart, it's going to cause us to miss the Lord. Amen. I hope this is all right. You know, so we had a lady back in our day. I I didn't forget about testimonies. We had three of them, matter of fact. Brother Harm, and that's the way they said it. I almost didn't make it this week. The devil's been on my back. Now, if you've been a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years, and the devil's still on your back, you need to go to a church where they tell you how to get him off your back. Amen. The devil has no right to be anywhere but under your feet. Amen. You can, you can go, go through things, but you're going through. You're not stopping. I told you. Uh, I told the ladies Friday. I said, "I've got thirty more treatments." They said, "No, you don't." So you got twenty. Glory to God. I said you've had twenty-four and you had forty-four to go through. And I thought, praise the Lord, they went by so quick that the Lord's just blessed me. I called. I told my wife on the way home. I said, "I'm going by pennies." They have. They they have. Ha- uh, Jackets on sale for thirty-seven or forty-seven dollars, and there's been, there was a suit at Penny's that I wanted to I wanted to buy. Anybody familiar with the Mike Michael Strahan uh, suits? But, Ben, I went Penny's Friday. Over on the sale rack, they had this suit, same one I'd been looking for. I bought it the suit. Now I'm talking about a suit. I'm talking about a top of the line suit. Sixty three dollars. You know how much I saved? Three hundred and forty dollars. Ain't that like the Lord? I mean, it it, it still had the sticker prices on them, but it came down. I thank the Lord for that. Now you say, well, that's just a coincidence. No, usually when you when you Fat boy like me, and they have them on sale, nothing to fit you. Amen. You say, Oh man, I love that suit. You go over, and it's two sizes too small. Amen. And I've lost weight, and I have a problem. I went from a 46 down to a 40. Amen. And I tried to. Amen. So I have a problem sometimes with my clothes. None of my suits would fit me. Thank you, Jesus. So we're winners. How many of you read the last, the last chapter in the book? Oh, glory to God. Look at somebody and say, I'm a winner. Amen. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I might not give it in church, but I'll give it to my family. I'll give it to my friends. I'll give it to people I meet. And I'm going to tell them, look what the Lord's done for me. Yeah. You know, when I first came home from the military and started going to church and started preaching, every time I would see certain people that knew me, they would say, are you still preaching? Like, no, I gave it up. I, You know, I'd rather... I'd rather go down to the bar and and drink cold ones and get drunk and fight and all that. Amen. You know, they always think you're coming back. There's nothing back to go for. Somebody stood in the gap for me. I had a grandmother that prayed for me, stood in the gap. I've told this many times. She used to embarrass me. How many of you as a teenager had a grandmother that that thought TV was real. <laughs> come out of Elliott County. <laughs> Saturday morning. How many of you. Well none of you in here is as old as me. I don't guess. But on Saturday morning. We had them shoot them up westerns. My grandmother would come through the house. And her son's name was Dan. That was my uncle. And she'd say. They're Killing people, and they're going to hell. And Uncle Dan would say, Mommy, it's just TV program. She said, Yeah, but they're killing people. And she believed that. And she would sit on the porch. Now, you think about this. I'm 13 years old. I'm growing up. I'm going to West Junior High School. I'm playing football. I've got friends that walk to school with me. And we go right by our house. And I started to want to cross the other side. <laughs> My grandmother witnessed to everybody that come up and down that street. You know what she does? She is standing in the gap. She was making up the hedge. And many people are in heaven today because of her. And she was kicked out of her church. She did an ungodly thing. She praised the Lord. And the church got a doctor for a pastor. Sick churches need a doctor. Come on. I've been a good place for an amen. Sick churches need a doctor. Well, churches need a pastor. Amen. They need a preacher, somebody to preach hell hot and heaven real. And my grandmother was praising the Lord. And the deacons or elders, somebody came to her and said, Miss Wells, see, so we got to put you out in the vestibule. You disturbed the preacher. Disturbed me some this morning. Amen. Disturb me some. Amen. Disturb me all you want to. Amen. I love to be disturbed by amens and praising the Lord. They put her out in the vestibule. Hey, my grandmother, she didn't need a microphone. They came to her, her praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Go to funerals and cry at people she didn't even know because she lived close to the funeral home. But she loved God. And they came to her and said, You've got to leave the church. You're making too much noise. You're disturbing people. When is hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, disturbing somebody? It'll not disturb a saved person. It'll s- disturb a lukewarm person how many of you are willing to be on the one-yard line digging in and saying, I'm going to stand strong for the Lord. We're going to lock arm in arm, and we're going to do our best to keep anyone from missing the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. He's good. He tastes so good. Amen. He's been so good to me. I've lived longer than anyone in my immediate family. My dad died in 1940 at age 55. I was 10. My mother died in, I think, 1983. My, my brother died in uh, uh, about 92, I think, in, in 1992. My sister died about five or six years ago. The only one is my sister and, and she's by a different dad, but I want to tell you, when I got 40 years old, the devil told me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Anybody else ever felt that way, the devil said, yeah, I'm going to kill you? and. And I got hit in the heart by a Marine uh, veteran. He didn't mean to hit me that hard. And I didn't know he hit me that hard. But I would go to pick something up out of the floor. And i just go down. I mean, it didn't hurt anything. i just fall to the ground. I'm 40 years old. I've played sports all my life. And now I go to pick something up and I just go down to the floor. And so I went to the hospital several times in an ambulance thinking I was dying. Saved, preaching, but thinking I'm dying. And one day I realized, this ain't right. This ain't right. I I said, devil, you're not going to kill me at 40. I'm going to live a long life. And I'm going to bless the Lord. And the Lord has blessed me. You know what, too many times, the devil attacks everyone. I mean, it's nothing. Sometimes, even after you get saved, you're going to mess up. You're going to say something wrong. You're going to do something wrong. You're going to use a bad word sometimes. Some people do, if that's been your nature. I'm glad, I never did have that nature of bad words. Now, I said some, but I didn't have that nature. Now, some people have that nature. They can cuss at the drop of a hat, and if nobody drops a hat, they'll drop it themselves. I never did use bad language. I, my mother never did hear me cuss. My mother never did see me drink. I wish I could say that for my brother, but I can't. And I hope he got saved because he had started talking to me about the Lord not long before he died. And I would tell him, we called him Fuzzy. Ever since we was kids, that's the only thing I knew him about is Fuzzy. I say, Fuzzy. We need to go to, you need to go to church. And he called me one day and he said, uh, I don't have a car. So I go down and talk to Earl Powell. Remember Earl? We we'd traded for a car. Him and I did some business together. I said, Earl, I want to give this car to my brother. You know, and I'm not bragging, but I probably gave, Five or six cars away to people in the church. Now they weren't new, but they were good. I wouldn't give them something that was junk. I would give them good cars, and the Lord's always blessed me. I tell people right now, I've got a, I've got a Jesus car, a God car. I'm, dri- I'm driving a 2012 Equinox, 103,000, and other than maintenance, and that includes a battery, I spent eighty nine dollars. On that car pastor Anthony Mullins gave me tires off his car had 60,000 on them they now have over 100 I asked somebody that day I I said how many miles you think this tires got they said about 35 never changed the brakes I thank the Lord for that air filter never been changed till Saturday and ye- yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, I changed the cabin filter. Never been changed. I thank God for that. You know, we don't look at things like that. How many times has God saved you from an accident? You, you go out and the car won't start. The Lord might have saved your life because there was a wreck. I still got moves for an old man, I tell you that. I I went to church a couple weeks ago and I said, I do the West End shuffle. Amen. And I said, I said, I could whip Leon Spinks today. I feel so good. I said, Really? I said, Yeah, he died last night. Amen. (laughs) But you know what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Too many Christians sit around like they've been second on. pickles (laughs) pickles <laughs> or prunes and we need the joy of the lord we need to be happy if people see us happy i used to tell the ladies that, that their husband didn't come to church i said go home be happy they'll start wondering what's going on and they'll show up at church and when they show up we give them the word we give them the word, they get saved. <laughs> you know, I don't know how many preachers I've sent out, Brother Ben. i sent out a lot. And, uh, there's four churches I like to preach at. This one here, Pastor Kyle. How many of you know Pastor Kyle? Just a couple of you? Oh, you're in for a tri- trip or a treat or something. <laughs> You're in for something. <laughs> Brother, I was sitting in the office one day and phone ring. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm you know, doing pastor things. Hang up. Phone ring. Hello, Pastor, where you doing? Same thing I was doing a minute ago. I think one day I counted, he called me about thirty seven times, Pastor Ben. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm telling you the truth. He'd come to my office, and the first thing you would do, he'd get on the phone. But I love him. I love to preach for him. And Pastor Krista Hampton. Anybody here know Pastor Krista? She, her husband is my wife's second cousin. And they treat me like you all do when I go there and preach. And Pastor Anthony Mullins. Those are the four churches. I could go to a lot of churches. But I don't want to go. Amen. I used to; it didn't make any difference. But, but I want to go to churches that I can preach, Amen. that I can tell them, "Let's get on this one-yard line." Yeah. I love play. I love to play defense because you got to hit somebody. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I love defense. I, mean, I can hit you. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're hitting sinners with the Word of God. Amen. 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 And I was baptized in the winter. My wife and I, she got re-baptized. She had been saved since she was nine, but she married a heathen. (laughs) Any other women married a heathen? (laughs) And my wife has kept me straight. There's people alive today probably because she kept me from killing them. And you know what? The Lord will do that for you. The Lord will change your life. Get them to church. Let pastor be in there. Preach the word to them. Let, show them love. At our church, we've got huggers galore. And I miss that Arnie. I miss, yeah. Yeah. I miss being able to hug people. Uh, you know, I mean... Some people don't want to hug. That's fine. I like hugs. But what I'm telling you, and I'm getting ready to close, let's be that church. We're going to stand here. We're going to dig in. They're going to have Seattle Seahawks on the one-yard line. Four downs to win the Super Bowl, I think. I think they still had four downs. They had the beast running. I forget his name, but I can see his face. They had a beast that would get two or three yards every time he carried the ball. Anybody remember his name? Who? Uh, that's not, I don't think that's who I was thinking of. But it might be, I don't know. I can't remember, but thank you for that. That's who it was. So what does the coach do? The coach says, we're not going to rely on the guy that got us down to the goal line. We're going to throw the ball. And what happened? The Patriot player jumped in front of the receiver and won the Super Bowl. Don't be like that. I seen a boxer one time. Fight ten rounds. Nine and a half rounds, he won the fight. He got cute and careless and got knocked out in the last seconds of the fight and lost the fight. Don't get knocked out. Stand your ground. Stand on the word. Preach the word. Share it with people. You don't have... You you know some people... Or overbearing with the Word. Amen. They try to shove it down. You don't have to shove the Word down their throat. You love them. You just tell them about, well, you know, I'll go home today and I'll put on my Facebook page, we had a great service. You know why? Because God's here. Where well, the Lord is, we have a great time. And it's time for some of you to dig in. It's time for you to dig in. I'm not moving I shall not be moved I shall not Sister Leslie would you come and play us something softly for a few minutes I want to ask you a question and all you know only you know if you're saved or not I don't know if you're saved all of you look good to me amen all of you look good I, I loved how you came in this morning. I love them kids. Man, I could be a kids' pastor. I love kids. Those kids coming in here smiling and happy, coming to church. You know what? They're the church of today, and they're going to be the church of tomorrow. When you and I are dead and gone, they're going to be the ones. There's they're still people that I know that's growing now, got kids. And they still talk about Miss Karen. <laughs> they were talking about Brother Herney. <laughs> but they talk about Miss Karen. Miss Karen taught me in children's church and Sunday school. And you know what? They're still going. There's pastors. There's pastors' wives. Why? Because Sister Karen taught them the right way as kids. The Bible said train up a child when they're young, and when they're old, they'll not depart. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get away from the Lord, but you know what? Teach your children where their help comes. They get in trouble, let them call on God. I don't know how many persons in heaven because at the last moment, somebody said, I don't believe in deathbed repentance. Well, I'll tell you what. Deathbed repentance is better than no repentance. And the thief on the cross. I heard a man today teaching. You got to be baptized in water before you saved. Where does the Bible say that? I mean, I, I believe we need to be baptized. I'm a firm believer in baptizing. I mean, we take many to the river in the wintertime. I had a man one time when I pastored before I come up to Raceland back in the '80s. He said, "Preacher, I want you to baptize me. No problem, whenever." One cold, snowy, frozen day, about eight o'clock in the morning, he knocks on my door. Said, "Preacher, I'm ready." I said, "I am too." And we went to the to the river under the bridge down at Jeffersonville, Kentucky, down in Montgomery County. I like to not found enough water in that creek to get him under. But I got him under all the way. You know why? Because he was hungry. And you'd have to be hungry to go on a snow cold day. But you know what? They used to break the ice. I'm glad for baptism. I'm glad my last years I had baptism, I still had people wanting to go to the river. I even one time poured water over a man's head. You see, I wouldn't do that. He was in the hospital. He was dying. And he got saved. They said, I want to be baptized. They said we can't, we can't put him in the we can't put him in the bathtub or we can't do nothing. I said, get me a cup of water. How many of you know that'll work? It's the intent. He wanted to be baptized. I baptized him the only way I could baptize him. You say, I wouldn't do that. You don't know if you're in that situation. I believe in helping people. I believe if if they want to get... And let me tell you one more thing, and I'm going to... This is my first legal closing. Got three. No. (laughs) This man was in the hospital, a good friend of mine in in St. Clair Hospital. He was he was actually, they said, dying. And I'm going to the hospital, and it's about a 15 minute drive. Oh Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, let me take him down to Romans Road. Lord, let me tell him what the Bible says. Let me let me help him, God. Let, all the way, praying. I walk in. I said, Larry, would you like to be saved? He said, yes. (laughs) What did I do now? And he's still alive. You know what? God is good. I don't know your heart. Only you know it. I can look at you and I can think, man, I know you're saved. But God always... Had me to get I I've never preached without giving an altar call. I don't know your hearts. I don't know your life, but I want to ask you this. If you're not saved, the best thing you could do today is get out of your seat and walk up here to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me. It's not a big long thing. All you gotta do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner, save me. And the Lord will save you. And I've always believed the minute that you step up to make make that right, you're saved because God knows your heart. And the Bible said if we believe in our heart and confess with our lips that Jesus Christ has died and rose from the grave, we're saved. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Ben. So like I said, I don't know your hearts. But the Lord knows you. He knows right where you're sitting this morning. And you know, isn't it amazing that the Lord can hear all of us praying at the same time, singing at the same time? He's omnipresent. The devil ain't. And I hope one day you'll have me back down here. God bless you. Thank you. Pastor Bill.
1: Love you. Amen. Amen. I say... A lot of times that you do need to be saved everyone needs to be saved because we're all born into sin so there's nobody any worse than the other we're all just sinners that need saved by god's grace and i believe every word he just said that the church needs to be the church that's standing in the gap amen that we will be the ones that will make up the hedge and I didn't play football, and I'm glad I didn't. I didn't like getting hit much, so I, I, I wasn't be really good at that game. But we need to be on that one-yard line from hell, and saying, "If you're going to hell, you got to get by me." Amen. You got to get by me to do it. I'm going to tell you the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what Pastor just did for you. Love you, Pastor. Thank you for coming. Let's thank him again for coming down and ministering to us. I love it that he leaves me alone and picks one Leslie. It just... (laughs) Yeah, it's easy. It's easy, yeah. Um, Won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will. If you don't know Jesus today, today would be a good opportunity for you to come to know him. And if you... know in your heart right now that he is knocking on your heart's door and asking you to come into his kingdom to be one of his children. You can sense right now that his spirit is, is moving in your heart. Your heart is beating faster than normal. and You just sense, man, I, I need to turn the curve here and I need to turn back towards Jesus. Maybe you knew him before, maybe you didn't. Maybe he was born in church, maybe he wasn't. But today, he's knocking on your door. And you can sense it, that the Holy Spirit is working on you. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Is there anybody here that say, Pastor, that's me. And today I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want him to be the Lord of my life. Just slip up your hand, if you will, right there. Where are you at? Anybody here? Amen. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Come on. There's another hand. Amen. Another hand. Come on. Amen. Another hand. It's awesome. God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Another hand. There's people in this room, you need to know Jesus, and he's beating on your heart's door right now. He won't quit. He will continue. And you don't have to get saved right here. You can get saved mowing your grass. You can get saved driving down the road. You can get saved wherever you're at. All you have to do is what Pastor just said. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. So if you raised your hand just now you need to confess to somebody and let somebody know I got right with God today. I made my heart right with Jesus today. I'm confessing with my mouth that he rose from the dead and I believe in him and he's saving me from sin. Amen. Everybody here let's repeat this prayer together before we're dismissed. Everybody say Heavenly Father I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. Help me to make heaven my home and allow me to stand on the one yard line and be a bold witness for you to my friends, to my neighbors, and to my community. To protect them from going to hell. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.